another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slovey. Uh, joining me today um, is uh, the owner of uh, the blog Black Wounds and Aloe, Aloe Vera. Aloe Vera. Aloe Vera. <laughs> uh, which is a, a platform to uh, help uh, uh, black voices to be heard. Um, she's also uh, works uh, with uh, uh, with my sponsor, uh, X Fabula, mm -hmm. uh, the wonderful um, event planning organization uh, that uh, does story slams. Uh, she's a public ally, uh, poet, and uh, I'm excited to talk to her a little bit about her creativity, her passions, and why she does what she does. Mm -hmm. Michaela Lacey. Hi. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much. Nice You're very you. welcome. It's nice to meet you too. <laughs> How was your day today? It's pretty good. Um, I'm in the process of spiritual detoxing and cleansing, the retrograde. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So it's been fun. I have been seeing the uh, the retrograde uh, posts over Facebook recently. It's yeah. very, very real. I was, <laughs> I was not believing it at first, but it's very real. Oh, shit. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe that would explain my whole past month. You know, it makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. What, what What's your sign? I'm a Gemini. What's that? Like July or something? Ju May 21st to June 21st. Oh, okay. Sure. June 12th. Ah, cool. Mm -hmm. I'm a Capricorn. Oh, really? Cap season just ended yeah. recently, unfortunately. <laughs> well, happy belated birthday. Thank you. You're welcome. January 11th. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm not... So, like, uh, in terms of spiritual detox, uh, regrouping with yourself, that kind mm -hmm. of stuff? Like, just connect, reconnecting to my energy, centering, mm. centering myself and, like, paying attention to the things that I'm allowing myself to interact with spiritually. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, God knows that, uh, you know, especially when, like, it's cold, you know, and mm -hmm. dealing with, like, seasonal blues and stuff like mm -hmm. that's also like you know it's a time to be very like analytical mm -hmm. because like a lot of people are a lot less like active mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so but it was very nice today it was like 50 degrees out yes this was great Oh, I, loved I I came to work looking like this, you know, like it was, it was, which is a little, a little over the top, but it was no so exciting yes, to be it was. 50 degrees. Like after the one of the we went through. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, even last night it was fucking freezing. Mm -hmm. It was like, you know, wearing my big ass coat, but then you wake up and it's like really nice. So mm -hmm. it's very, very, it was awesome. <laughs> it's definitely like a... Having that air hit you when you like first leave the door is mm -hmm. like there's no feeling like it. Yeah, sure. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So, Michaela, what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear uh, through our passionate and creative minds. Okay. And um, I've been familiar with you for uh, uh, a little while now. I knew that you were. Um, we know a lot of like the same people. Mm -hmm. like, we have a lot of mutual friends and stuff. Uh, I saw. I had seen your blog. Um, Black Wounds. I had seen it like on social media and stuff, but I was excited to talk to you a little bit about like your journey and your story and everything. So I guess to start, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background. Like growing up, like uh, I know you're a poet, so uh, when did like poetry uh, become like a uh, creative outlet for yourself? Well, honestly, I don't remember. I I've been writing since like 
as far as my memory stretches, I've been writing my entire life. Um, but poetry is like one of the writing styles that I have been like the most connected to mm-hmm. in my experience of writing. Um, and I've been like performing poetry since I was 15 years old. Um, and as of late, I have been like dabbling more in like blog writing, journalism, etc. But I always like jump back into poetry every once in a while. I'm actually working on a book called Vanilla is Brown, which is something I'm looking to launch at the end of the summer. That's very um, exciting. Thank you. Awesome. Um, But yeah, I've been writing all my life. Sure. (laughs) So you were like, were you like good at English growing up? Yes. That was like one of the classes that like I was guaranteed to pass, like regardless, like no matter like how terrible I did in any other subject, I was gonna pass math. English. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my oh, I was god. so bad at math too. I I got through math by the skin of my teeth. Like, Same. Same here. Yeah. Like no matter how bad I was at math, science, well I was pretty decent at science, but no matter how bad I was at any subject, I was guaranteed to have a high grade. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. Like uh, you were able to make words dance mm-hmm. and everything. You were you were good at like. Essays and stories mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's great. Yeah, Thank like I, w- I also similarly like I was always an English kid. Like I tested out of English uh, yeah. in college. Wow. Uh, so and that was nice. Um, but that was that was honestly like the only like skill set I really had that I didn't feel like I had to like try very hard at growing mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Everything else like math and science mm-hmm. and. You know, everything else, like, you know, <laughs> that shit was out the window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, did you uh, go to college? I did, like, a semester and a half at the College of Southern Maryland. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm looking to do, like, another year, maybe in, like, 2022. Sure. Just trying to get, like, my own, like, business and stuff created before I go back. Yeah. Hey. Get some money, because college is not free. Right. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Oh, fucking loans. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like that. That's that's what holds a lot of people back on it. But it's also it's a serious thing to consider for yeah, sure. Definitely. Um. So you're sounds like you're getting your ducks in a row, as mm-hmm, they say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Positioning myself. I got you. Um, yeah. And then eventually, you know. If all my cards are played right, I'll be back in college. Sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, um, I wish you the best of luck with Thank that. Thank you. You're very welcome. Um, did you like Maryland? I did. I enjoyed Maryland. The only reason why I moved back is because I felt like I had like a purpose to serve here. I felt like there was a lot of work that like I needed to do with the skills that I gained while like spending time in Maryland and finding myself. And so maybe one day I'll go back. But mm-hmm. as of right now, this is home. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And I take it you grew up here. Mm-hmm. I was born here. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Never been to Maryland. It's dope. Is it? It's dope. You I should go. I, okay. <laughs> I've heard Baltimore is pretty dope. Baltimore is dope. DC is dope. Virginia is dope. I gotta do that whole thing. The whole, the whole thing. swing. The you know. Yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm from the Chicago area. Oh, no. Yeah, the south suburbs. Okay. So, Milwaukee was definitely, like, foreign. Like, when I came up here in 2014 for UWM, like, mm-hmm. it did feel like an entirely different world, even though it's only an hour and mm-hmm. a half away. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, Milwaukee, 
I feel like you can live in Milwaukee with a lot of purpose, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. because it is like a small city mm -hmm. that it's easy to connect with and network with people. It's easy yeah. to just, it's very DIY here. In yeah. Ways, yeah. You know? I think that I like that though. Like I like the yeah. fact that you can really like define who you are here totally. and like make a platform for yourself. Absolutely. Exactly. Like here River West like mm -hmm. damn you know like River West people are doing all kinds of like DIY stuff and artistically mm -hmm. musically like small business wise mm -hmm. like I it's it's an amazing culture to be immersed in um and uh, yeah so yeah it's, def it's definitely a great city to like you know make something out of nothing mm -hmm. for sure mm -hmm. so tell me about how uh about the blog itself Black Wounds and Aloe Vera and how, like, why you wanted to start it, like, how, like, when you started and everything? Um, so I just started Black Moons and Aloe Vera in June of 2019. Mm. Um, really my thought process was just having, like, a creative platform for, like, a series of black artists to be able to approach different topics in the black community. Right now it's just me, um, because I would like to make this, like, a business that, like, pays black writers um and like gives them like a really really strong platform so right now my work is just making it a strong platform and approaching topics myself um and so doing that i like observe my community have conversations with people listen for different opinions and perspectives and really just like reflect on mm -hmm. what it is that i feel like needs to be said um and then post content yeah for sure. <laughs> what are some examples of uh some stuff you've uh, already uh posted so um one of my favorite articles that i wrote was talking about like customer service mm -hmm. and like some of the ways that like while customer service sucks for a lot of people right like if people don't treat employees well, yeah. um but i feel like it affects black women like a lot harder um, like with the misogyny and the racism that like is faced with the stereotype that black women are like naturally unapproachable, naturally angry. Um, like it, it plays into how they have to perform in the workspace. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times black women have to not only do the work to align with the objective of the organizations or the corporations that they service, but also have to do internal work to make sure that they aren't giving a stereotype or a narrative to the consumer or the buyer or the person who just so happens to have that position of power. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. You know, yeah, you're absolutely right about, like, the customer service. Like, it is, like, a really difficult industry to like bring yourself into like mm -hmm. every day you know mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. because yeah you you are essentially treated you know you're, you're treated as a cog in the machine by the workplace because like you know you're there to perform your duties mm -hmm. and whatever but you're also like so many like servers and bartenders or just anyone providing the service like you know, they don't deserve to be treated like objects, right. you know, yeah. it's easy to put them yeah. in a box for that. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to detach your human from your objective, like as a black woman, like you have to, you cannot just go and be a part of a mm -hmm. corporation. Like you bring yourself and you put yourself on the front line, you make yourself vulnerable to anything, you know. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so, like, I just felt the need to really, like, shed light on that from my own experience, from experiences mm -hmm. that I've had with other black women. Um, and, yeah, it's it was my favorite article. But, I, yeah, I talk about a series of things. Yeah, what else? Um, so, I've talked about, like, the criminalization of black hair and, like, how there is a, like, desire um, in profession professional or business corporations to like police um like the physicalities of black people um mm -hmm. and how we aren't able to be our authentic selves we are like forced to assimilate and like that can be psychologically damaging that damaging that can be emotionally taxing um and it's really unnecessary honestly like right. to see and it's heartbreaking to see like how policed black hair is in like the media in um like different fields but to see it paraded like yeah. by other people other races and like how we have to swallow like the it's just hair or it's just right. this or you know why you want to police everything you know so mm -hmm. like just tackling that conversation um you know it's very important to me i also talk about like issues like specifically in the black community um like how a lot of times i feel like even in the communities where we are like advocating and being activists that we have to face different things like our intersectionalities are typically um violated like uh there's a lot of homophobia transphobia in the black community there's a lot of um like misogyny mm -hmm. and stuff that we have to combat trying to advocate for black people as a whole yeah um so those are all things that i've been trying to approach. totally yeah <laughs> well good for you thank you like seriously good for you <laughs> for like you know for initiating a platform to begin like dissecting those issues because that's a lot to unpack mm -hmm. you know like mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, and it, it's it's a lot of like emotional baggage to like you know be involved, like to be part of a certain community and be advocating together on a community, mm -hmm. like on behalf of a community when you know there's people that are still saying problematic shit. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, like it's it's draining and it 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 can discourage you sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's like you know. people are just like you know resistant to education and enlightenment and learning mm -hmm. it's just it's hard you know mm -hmm. and the thing is about like the, the intersectionality that you were talking about like it's like you know we we can't just be like advocating you know just for like our only our issues mm -hmm. because you know marginalized communities as a whole are affected mm -hmm. like by all the oh, right by the, all the yeah things. by the system you know like so like I'm Jewish mm -hmm. you know and um, and I experience a lot of like what you're talking about in the Jewish community too like you know we have to advocate for ourselves like being the Jewish people and being like you know having been persecuted you know through history time and time again but you know there's also a lot of bigotry in the Jewish community. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of white normativity in the Jewish community. Mm -hmm. And like, we're out here on our own mm -hmm. and it shouldn't be that way. You know, just like we should be also, you know, advocating for the LGBTQ plus community and for the black community and for, you know, the Latinx community and for the disabled community and all the above, you know, because like it's, we can't just be like looking 
like any community can't be looking at their their oppression like you know and such a like narrow lens because our our oppression corresponds with the oppression of everyone else and mm-hmm. like that's why we all have, you know we have to stand together you know mm-hmm. solidarity otherwise there's only more division you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i feel like that's my work i feel like my work is to stimulate the conversation to push the pressure point yeah. until we at least start talking about the issues um, I don't really think that I'm always the one to come up with like the solutions, but I am the one to like create the space to talk about the yeah. problems. That's a good point. <laughs> yes, right. You're the catalyst. Yeah, I'm the catalyst. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, totally. And yeah, and like, and those solutions come with uh, collective effort for mm-hmm. sure. You mm-hmm. know, um, everyone putting their heads together and mm-hmm. whatnot. So, uh, how did you decide on the name? Black wounds and aloe vera. So first, it was going to be called head wraps and healing remedies. Um, I feel like head wraps is like a part of like Black African culture, um, and like it connects the Black people from all across the diaspora. Um, and the healing remedies part was just talking about like how uh, like there is a need for healing. But I realized like me having the conversation really isn't the healing remedy, and I didn't really. See because I am the catalyst, I don't really see myself like providing healing remedies. But aloe vera is like a healing agent, mm-hmm. um, and so to me, like it can be something that is helpful. Um, so aloe vera was going to replace the healing remedies part of the original title, and black wounds is just talking about shedding light on some of the hurts. Or the pain or the harm that is in the community um and me stimulating the conversation would be the aloe vera would be the healing remedy totally yeah I, yeah that, that <laughs> makes sense for sure like where it's like you know it may not be you may not you know know the cure to all these mm-hmm. things or is it your obligation to find all the cure mm-hmm. but you have at least you know there's a certain comfort in that community mm-hmm. of like people that have experienced the issues that you're bringing a platform to mm-hmm. where they can have a space where they can talk mm-hmm. where they can say what they need to mm-hmm. say and uh, you know just that company in itself gives people comfort for sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's the beauty of you know safe spaces in general yeah yeah so what are your goals in the coming months with it well, I'm hoping to put out maybe two or three articles in the coming months. Um, there will be one that I'm working on actually as soon as I leave your house. Uh, <laughs> and hopefully I'll be putting that out by this weekend. Um, and yeah, I just I have a whole list of like upcoming topics and upcoming articles that I want to jump on. Um, that work-life balance is real though. So like yeah, just making like sure <laughs> I can allot time to just really totally. yeah. you know, be a part of like making that happen. I'm also looking into like figuring out ways to like rebrand and um, you know make it cuter yeah. um, like visually like online. Um, so that's been a whole thing. Um, those are the processes that I've been taking with. Sure. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> Yeah, gotta love that. Like, you know, leaving your, like, actual, like, day job and whatever to the job that, you know, isn't gonna... The, the job that doesn't pay, mm-hmm. which is your creative outlet, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I feel that for sure. So because it's a Sunday, um, I should be able to have some time to just love on my work and take time to pay attention to my creative outlet. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I'm like, that is the, the value of Sundays for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, so I know that you said you are a public ally mm -hmm. right now. Uh, tell me a little bit about the work you do with the organization because I know that Public Allies does like a lot of different kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So, um, Public Allies is a nonprofit organization that uh, makes work accessible for people in marginalized communities um, and they provide training and coaching on ways to be more inclusive, be more accessible, and be more welcoming mm -hmm. um, and to tackle conversations and to approach people in positions of power um, and knock down those structures and systems that we have in place um, in America and around the world. Public Allies Milwaukee um, hired me and <laughs> so I was able to uh, work with Exfabula for a 10-month apprenticeship as a community connector. Um, so my job is to evaluate the curriculum set in place and figure out ways to make it more inclusive as well as figure out ways to engage with more volunteers um, and make sure that the volunteers that we have in place are getting their needs met and are able to um, carry about the objectives of Exfabula. So that's been fun. Um, and I'm supposed to be doing that work up through August and I am considering doing a second year. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Sure. Very cool. Thank you. Um, yeah, I love I love X Fabulous. Like it's it's been such a like um, it's been a great opportunity and privilege to mm -hmm. be able to like work with them and um, just like yeah like that that culture they cultivate mm -hmm. at like all their story slams mm -hmm. and all their events in general is mm -hmm. you know it's it's a lot of I mean it's a lot of fun and laughter but it's also a lot of like just realness mm -hmm. and uh, vulnerability mm -hmm. and uh, yeah like it, it's it's really special the, the kind of work that they mm -hmm. do for sure yeah I love X Fabulous like once I'm like no longer like a community connector I'm really thinking about if I can't be hired like as a staff member I still want to be involved like mm -hmm. whether with either coaching or emceeing or volunteering um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, so, uh, so the the last story slam, the one that just happened recently, uh, was it in my mind? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you told a story. Huh? I did. Yeah. I told a story about like how in my mind I was in a relationship with someone, and like all I needed was to like be with this person forever, and like that I was gonna be okay with like living a very like submissive life and like aligning with like the traditional ideas of what marriage and um like womanhood represents mm -hmm. and like stepping out of the relationship understanding that I really didn't want all those things like I really wanted to be like a creative thinker and a artist and a lot of things that I wouldn't have been able to be like a feminist <laughs> right, right. and like um excited about like making my own decisions um, so I really just like talking about like how in my mind I like accepted a reality that 
I genuinely wouldn't have wanted to like stay in forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's real. <laughs> that's super real. Um, well, good for you Thank going you. out there and telling that story. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, like I mean, challenging the the roles you were so conditioned to just kind of like accept. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that's like I mean, like it's really intimidating and scary and it makes you it gives everybody a lot of like um you know kind of like an existential crisis Mm -hmm. almost where it's like what really is like my role whatever but it sounds like you've really been finding that and actualizing that with doing like your blog Mm -hmm. and your um and doing your you know the community work that you do so thank you thank you you're very welcome (laughs) um so we talked about, uh, so I know, so I've been following your social media for a couple months now, mm-hmm. and I saw a couple months ago that you shared a very personal story um, about your experience with um, a public figure in the community. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know we talked about, like, you would be comfortable talking a little bit about what happened and, a little, like, what what your story like entailed and everything so if you want to I guess yeah so um his there was a poet that I poet singer organizer that I had met um at an open mic called Pintastic um his name was Aton Bishop and um we met because he told me like how like inspired amazed he was by like my talent at such a young age um and I really like was like looking forward to having him as like a mentor um he had an organization at the time called the Glass Liberator Nation which was a small collective group of individuals who would go around the midwest performing at various open mics and shows um and I was really excited about being involved um but I learned over time that that really like wasn't like what he was looking to like experience with me he wasn't really looking to be like a mentor he was more so looking to be like a partner um he would say all kinds of like things like about how he wanted to start a life with me and like how he wanted i had a dream of like going to africa and he would talk about how like he was going to move to Africa and we were going to start a life together and how we just fit so perfectly and how he couldn't connect to women his age the way that he could connect with me. Um, and I was like 14 and 15 like at the time like in the bracket of like my early teens. Um, and so it was like beyond inappropriate for him to be saying the things that he said to me like or like I'll say stuff like you know just talking about issues in the community and he'll say like are you sure you're 15 you sure you're 14 um just trying to like insinuate that like I shouldn't you know be the age that I am with the mind that I have um and like letting me know how attracted he was to me because of my brilliance my beauty or whatever it was um and there were a few times where like he would like invite me to like interview and it'd be one of those situations where like we were in like a empty building or something they really didn't like seem like an interview space um and I remember my mom coming with me and him like being really thrown off with like the fact that my mom was there and like very unprepared 
to interview me like not asking really any questions that like indicated that he genuinely wanted to ask me questions but seeming like he was just trying to come up with stuff on the fly um and there were a few times where we were like at Puntastic together and he would like pretend to like have left stuff at home like trying to get me to like go home with him um and I found out like later that he had like sexually assaulted like people um like before like talking to me and that there were like other teens like that I knew in the community like who he had been like flirting with and like trying to like you know perform sexual activities with um and so eventually I just like cut him off and blocked him um but after a while I realized like me not talking about this like gave him access to be able to do harm to others um so a couple months ago I just decided to speak out about it like moving back to the city and like like revisiting all of those emotions and all of those feelings um like when I moved back there were so many people who like because you know in Milwaukee everybody wants to make connections so right. you want you want people to network so you mm -hmm. hear that Michaela's a poet so you want to connect her to another poet yeah. and he just so happens to be the poet that everybody wants to recommend for me to work with and collaborate with um and so it just really like brought back feelings and like triggers and trauma that I had you know thought that I had dealt with um and I realized like I really needed to speak I really was moved to say something and advocate for young people and like hold people accountable for mm -hmm. like the actions they take in and so really my work has been like now like okay if you want to work with him if you want to collaborate with him that's fine but do it in complete knowledge that like this is the things that he partakes and this right. is the ways these are the ways that he acts like behind closed doors and so if you want him to be a part of whatever you're involved in then that's just a reflection of like what you support and where you are mm -hmm. um, so. yeah <laughs> wow thank you for sharing thank you that takes like incredible courage to be able to like you know speak out about somebody that's so like highly praised mm -hmm. you know in the community yeah. someone that's so valued for the work that they do mm -hmm. somebody that you know has such is like so like reputable like as somebody that like people should work with and whatnot but um i like that's really really brave and incredible that okay. you were able to like you know put all of those feelings like out into the world and let people know like what this person's motives like actually are mm -hmm. and how especially when you know somebody is like at the age that you were 14 15 somebody who's so vulnerable mm -hmm. and like susceptible to like being told that they're brilliant mm -hmm. and that they you know have like all this potential mm -hmm. and that they can be great mm -hmm only to be like manipulated mm -hmm. it definitely does like you know make everyone reflect mm -hmm. on like you know who they've worked with mm -hmm. and like what they look for in mm -hmm. people like to work with mm -hmm. and like how it helps people indicate red flags on like concerning or otherwise like you know red flag behaviors and you know people in the community that might that could be like so like you know popular but they could very well be predatory mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. So once you, um, when you made the post, like when you did like put it out and 
um, let your voice be heard. Um, what happened? Um, so there were a few like people who reached out to me. I was able to like sit down with Home with Lowell, um, which is another like podcaster in Milwaukee, like radio talk show host, and um, Michael J. Curtis, mm. real really dope podcaster. Um, and we were able to like sit down and have conversations. Um, Atom Bishop like wrote like a response poem. Well, he wrote two. They were really sucky. Um, and he <laughs> he really like kind of exposed himself. Mm-hmm. Like uh, he wrote a poem called Dear Sixteen, and it was basically talking about like how beautiful I was and how attracted to me he was, and like not really denying anything, but like saying that like I read it wrong and that my intent that his intentions like were like misconstrued, mm-hmm. um, just like kind of like gaslighting yes, the entire yeah. situation. Um, but like. I got a lot of healing from being able to like tell my story and be supported by the community. Um, I heard there were a lot of people who reached out to me and I wasn't prepared for the amount of people who have also violated, disrespected, assaulted by him. Um, And so there was healing in that but there was also like a lot of pain in knowing that like he hasn't stopped, you know, with me. Um, so. Uh, is he still, like, active in the community? Um, I saw him at the Sherman Phoenix the other day. Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, which was, like, you know, it was, he doesn't really come out often, but, yeah, he was there. And, um, he left within, like, five minutes of me seeing him. Um, but... Hopefully, like somewhere under a rock or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, accountability seems to do that to people that Mm -hmm. deserve it, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, I would really appreciate if he really just was like honest about, um, like, the things that he's done. But it really just seems like he wants to continue to play victim and make it seem like he's just like this wonderful person trying to do right and that like I'm just trying to like knock his like, knock right. his shine and um I think that's probably like the most harmful like the fact that like you can try to like make it seem like you are being harmed right yeah um, yeah exactly one of the scariest things you may have experienced like when you were um like when you may have like been like uh deciding like what you wanted to say and like whether or not you were gonna you know make that post was like how there like no matter like what your testimony is and and what testimonies other folks might have about this person that there's still gonna be people that doubt or believe or don't believe well i wasn't really afraid of that there were people who like well didn't really doubt honestly more so like didn't care or didn't really didn't, like decided to blame mm-hmm. so like like the idea that like i still had the power to like say no or i still mm-hmm. like like there there has to be more to the story the victim she, blaming she, yeah she yeah. had to have, i think you know i knew that that was gonna happen that didn't really surprise me i think that my fear came from like how he was gonna respond mm-hmm. like it was i think that like if i were like living in maryland and i would have told this story i probably would have like felt safer 
but knowing that he's everywhere, knowing that every open mic, mm -hmm. he's there, knowing that at the Sherman Phoenix, which is like one of my favorite places to do ex fabulous work and like eat peach cobbler and order pizza, like that's my favorite spot. Mm -hmm. So knowing that I may catch him, you know, yeah. one day and like having to make sure I'm looking both ways when I cross the street and making sure I'm like taking, you know, Ubers instead of taking buses late at night, like stuff like that made it like more fearful for me. But over time, I'm starting to like lose that fear. Yeah. Um, and understand that I did this like completely with like truth, good intention and honesty. And so I feel protected by the people who have supported me. Yep. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really, really happy that you feel that way because like, you know, it can be horrible to even think about but the fact that people that don't feel safe or mm -hmm. protected sharing stories like mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. you know like they can feel so alone and like hopeless you mm -hmm. know speaking out against something that's in power mm -hmm. so on that note what would you want to say what do you have to say to anyone that might have a story like yours that might be afraid to share something or might be you know feel like they're alone i would say like the most important thing that i would have wanted to hear was that my your feelings are valid you know like your feelings are a hundred percent genuine and it doesn't have to be an extreme situation to be a valid harmful situation um and to like completely love yourself and let go of any like blame or anger that you have towards yourself in this time um and i would say like if you feel moved to tell your story tell your story mm -hmm. because regardless of any negative response like there are people out there that need to hear it there are people out here that need to be comforted and can support you and have access to give you the resources that you need to get the healing that you need mm -hmm. um, and that i'm here yeah i believe you i'm listening to you mm -hmm. um and that the people who harmed you will not be able to like have the space to create a different narrative once you tell your story right. um yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, um, and that what makes the work that you're doing, like with your blog and everything, like that's really like that seems like a very like empowering and special outlet to be able to give voices mm -hmm. like that too, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, so I mean, it's really good that you are not only like taking up the space that you know you've needed to tell your story but also that you're making space for other people too thank you you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> you're very welcome also i've not been to sherman phoenix it's so been. nice it's so nice they have some really good pizza uh at this Ooh. pizza place called sauce and spice really good egg rolls and funky fresh egg oh, rolls damn. there is a black lemonade at the shindig that is to die for amazing there is a peach cobbler at Confectionally Yours that is phenomenal. Wow. I don't know all the other like sure. restaurants and whatnot, but oh, there's also like that uh, Buffalo Boss 
light wing spot that has like vegan chicken wings, regular chicken wings. Damn. Yeah, there's really good oh. stuff there. Um, Sounds pretty happening. It's very happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would definitely enjoy it. It's on um, 35th and um, Fond du Lac and Burleigh. Okay. Sherman, I believe. Um, it's yeah. going on the list. Yeah, yeah. It's going on the list. Go, please go. For sure. Bring a 20. You'll be good. Yo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, shit. When I find it, when I find the, a, a 20, <laughs> I find the next dub. <laughs> I'll keep Sherman Phoenix in mind. Absolutely. For sure. Oh, great. Um, All right, Michaela. <laughs> um, this was wonderful. Um, hearing your story. Um, you know, you're very courageous and inspiring, Thanks, and I really like your energy. Oh. You know, I, I, you know, I think that, um, you know, I think that you're doing wonderful work with your blog, uh, and like we, everything we were saying about like taking up that space and making that space, you know, helps anyone going through trauma or oppression to feel less alone. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're very well. First, what keeps you up at night? Insomnia. Insomnia, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I sleep really well, generally, but even some... I get racing thoughts at night a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anxiety and whatnot, but... What puts you to sleep? Um, knowing that there's work to be done the next day. <laughs> there is work... Man, there's so much work to be done, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> Shout out to Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Right. <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. Soaking it all in. Right, yeah. <laughs> and, do it, and of course, the spiritual detox because yeah, of Mercury. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to tell me more about that. <laughs> yeah. You might have to explain that to me a little bit more because I'm still... Uh... So, this is really, like, the time to, like, evaluate your inner workings, all the things sure. that are, like, going on with your world, your soul. Um, try to figure out like why you are the way you are, why you're making the decisions that you're making. Um, this Mercury is ruled by communication, so it's like sometimes like communication can like be hectic or you know a lot. Mm -hmm. um, this really isn't like the time to make really like big decisions, but mm -hmm. really good time to like plan for sure. future decisions and like sure. set your goals and set intentions and whatnot. Wow. Um, so I've been doing a lot of that. You really should do a lot of that. Yeah. Um, Everyone. Everybody should do a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Well, I think that that's yeah. No, that's a good point. I do have a lot of I do have a lot of planning to do, mm -hmm. but not any planning, but not deciding. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Planning, but not deciding. Yeah. Planning, but not moving. Yes. <laughs> nice being on the nice. show. Thank you so much. Awesome. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time. Bye.